All right, so I'm going to ask you all to do me a favor after the service tonight. If you, uh, if you liked having more words on the screen during the song as we're going through it, rather than a couple of lines at a time, I would like to hear back from you on that as far as uh, do you have a preference? Did you value that uh, in that way? I didn't know it was going to be that way, but I thought that's something that we could, I'd like to hear back from you folks on. Um, like I said, Peter is here tonight to share about the work that he's, the Lord has called him to. Um, we get a lot of things coming through our mailbox and through our inbox here at New Life Baptist Church that are from various individuals uh, with various ministries. And when I first saw the email from Peter, I thought, mm, going to the trash with that one, uh, because I didn't even open it up. But then I thought, no, I need to open this up. Uh, so I opened it up and uh, read through it, uh, what, he, what they had to say there, and I thought, wow, um, he aligns with us remarkably well as far as the, what we believe. Even the abstract of principles, I believe, is part of the mission statement or your mission statement uh, or and that's what we use here as a church in our constitution and bylaws. So uh, I reached out to Peter, and it, it worked out for him to be able to come. He and his wife and little boy come this weekend. He preached in Decatur Baptist Church at Decatur Baptist Church this morning. Is that um, Point Mallard Baptist Church this morning over in Decatur, and um, able to be with us tonight. So able to kill two birds with one stone coming down to Alabama. So come on up, Peter. I welcome you tonight, and it's been good to just be able to chat with him some before the service this evening, and look forward to hearing uh, from, from you tonight. I'll give you, uh, here's the, uh, you can advance the slides here. That button right there that has a little fuzzy thing on it is the one you need to push to advance it. Okay. <laughs> Take away all the guesswork. <laughs> Great. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, what a blessing and honor it is to be here with you. Thank you for inviting us and uh, uh, for allowing us to share what we're doing in South Africa. I just want to uh, focus us on God's Word for maybe a minute before I dive into to speaking about our ministry. So I'll be read a few verses from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 to 13. So hear the word of the Lord. <clears throat> of this gospel, Paul writes, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. So the whole of the book of Ephesians is really a rich theological treatise on the gospel and what Jesus has done to save us and then on the implications in the local church. And I just want to focus on one verse there and say a couple of things about it. And that's uh, chapter 3, verse 10. 
so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So there, there is no institution in the world other than the church that Jesus has promised will last until he comes back, that he has promised will stand through the ages and that will be an outpost of the kingdom displaying his glory to a lost and to a dying world where he where he displays the glorious riches of the gospel through healthy local churches that are that are gathered correctly preaching the word expositionally with good discipleship um, and so he writes there that the, that it is through the church that God's wisdom is now made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places through the, the coming of the gospel, the coming of Christ and his saving of sinners and his gathering them into local congregations. And so that is our heart for, for missions, is that we would see healthy local churches established throughout the world and especially in South Africa. And that is, that is our goal, is to go back to South Africa and to plant a healthy church and then hopefully to propagate other uh, healthy churches throughout South Africa. It worked. <laughs> so a little bit about reaching, uh, reaching and teaching is the missions organization that my wife and I are with. Most of the, the units in reaching and teaching are doing three core tasks uh, that we believe that is important for missions and related to the local church. That's making mature disciples, is establishing healthy churches, and training local leaders. So training elders and deacons and elders and, and pastors and missionaries and sending them out from churches. So our missions organization really focuses a lot on the local church. Uh, we believe that missionaries uh, in their context all over the world, whether indigenous or crossing uh, ethno-linguistic boundaries, should be focused on building up healthy local churches and their ministry should not be disconnected from the local church. So those are the three core tasks, reaching and teaching. Uh, specifically for us, we will our task will be planting a church in South Africa, and then also we, we will obviously be involved in making disciples and training leaders through that. So a little bit, a little bit about us. My wife, her na name is Jana. She grew up about two hours inland from Cape Town in the southernmost province of South Africa uh, on an apricot farm. And she was saved at a young age through Sunday school ministry by God's grace and has been walking with the, the Lord since then. And I was saved in my first year out of high school. Uh, when I went to university, I, I, had, I had grown up going to Baptist churches with my parents. I wasn't born into a Christian home, but they started going to Baptist churches and were witnessed to by American missionaries uh, early on while well, a Baptist church when I was younger. And we, we ended up going on to West Africa a few times on missions. And so the Lord really planted that, that seed in my heart when, when we were there, when I was there with my parents. But I, I walked away from, from that when I was in high school and was allured into this, the things of this world, into drinking and to partying and eventually into taking drugs. And so by the time I ended up in first year, uh, university. I was addicted to steroids, to drugs, to partying, and to just a lifestyle, trying to seek satisfaction in, in the things of this world, uh, being lured in by all the temptations, and um, running far away from God. But towards the end of my first year of university, the Lord brought two men across my path to come and pray for me, and, and they shared the gospel with me. And um, 
I ended up actually in court. My parents had kind of got a court order against me for my, my use. And through that, these men that had a ministry took me back to their house, prayed for me. And it was just one evening uh, in the December, close to my 19th birthday, the Lord just removed the scales from my eyes. I started weeping when they prayed for me and just um, and shared the gospel and realized Christ died for my sins. And uh, it became a personal knowledge of the gospel and his saving grace through the gospel. And, and since then, he convicted me of my sin. And I called my parents and uh, went to, to a Christian rehab for seven months. And uh, it was while I was there that I felt the call to full-time ministry, uh, the kind of the seeds of going on missions when I was younger, some short-term missionary trips were, came to bloom in my heart and, and uh, started reading the Bible and, and was especially reading Romans, Gospel of John, and seeing all of the glorious truths of the doctrines of grace. And um, uh, so I thought the best thing that I should go do is study theology. So I went back to my hometown uh, to 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 apply to study theology, there wasn't much on the website about uh, their their confessional status or what they will, would be teaching. But I went there, and uh, that's that's where I met my wife. And it was it was the Dutch Reformed uh, Dutch Reformed Seminary in Stellenbosch in South Africa, close to where we will be church planting. And uh, it ended up being a very liberal faculty. So we we did our undergrad there. We made it through. But it was it was a struggle. We were exposed to a lot of higher critical thinking and um, uh, other other kinds of strange theology that didn't believe in the inerrancy. Uh, I had a professor who didn't even believe Jesus was God. So um, it was it was a tough time, and it kind of got worse as the years progressed. And that's how these institutions suck people in. But by God's grace, we were exposed to a lot of good reform theology at that time. We 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 were listening to good. Uh, good preaching on YouTube. And it was during that time the Lord really showed us the, the deep need for good theological training for pastors and for, for leaders in South Africa, as well as for healthy local churches. We were struggling to find a, a healthy church with a good expository ministry that we could go to during that time. We, we, were, at, we were at a church, um, and, and, and they did do expositional preaching. But uh, we were also seeing the need for good theological education. So uh, but that's where I met my wife, so the Lord has to take us through <laughs> these things sometimes. But uh, yeah, so that's that's just a little bit about us. It was in my second year of studies the Lord convicted our, uh, my heart, especially of our need for further theological education under professors that were confessional, loved the local church, believed in the lordship, supremacy of Christ and the gospel. So he opened the doors for us to come to the U.S. to get further training and to um, to study at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and that's where we've been for almost three years now. And we, we came with the heart to possibly do in international missions and church planting, but through being here and um, over time, the Lord has directed our hearts and, and kind of through our, our experience in South Africa, shown us the need for, for good, healthy churches there and good theological education. So that's just a, a little bit about us. We have one son, so you can see three of us at the moment, but we're actually a family of four. So uh, we have a son called Zion and another one on the way. We don't know if it's a boy or girl yet. So, um, so, so a little bit about our mission. Our mission is simple, and it's to glorify God by knowing Him and making Him known through the ministry of the local church in South Africa. 
And we want to seek to accomplish this by planting a healthy church, making mature disciples, and training up local leaders in our context that other healthy churches would be planted and propagated throughout South Africa, and we also hope throughout Africa. Um, that's a, town, uh, a photo from the town where my wife was born and, and grew up uh, of the, the main Dutch Reformed Church on one of the streets there. So, yeah, we, we believe that healthy local churches, like I said, like we, we looked a little bit in Ephesians 3 verse 10, are God's chosen means for making mature disciples in their communities and for winning the lost to Christ. The, the healthy local churches are God's, the outpost he uses of the kingdom to display his glory to a lost and dying world and, uh, and, and an apologetic for the gospel. So a little bit about South Africa. South Africa is the southernmost country in the continent of Africa. Uh, and there is about 60 million people in South Africa where, uh, and about 5 million people in the Cape Town area where we, where we hope to church plant. Uh, there's a large variety of cultures in South Africa, uh, with the most spoken lang- languages being Zulu, uh, Kosa, Afrikaans, and English. So although Zulu and Kosa is the most spoken, most people can speak English in South Africa, so... Uh, we, we can do ministry in English, which is helpful, but there, are, there might be a couple of languages we need to, we need to work on. Um, so the area in which we're going to be doing ministry is unique because uh, we're in the Western Cape province. There's nine provinces in South Africa, and the Western Cape is governed by a different government, governing body than the rest of South Africa, which, uh, which you know, the, the roads are better, the infrastructure are better, the job opportunities are better. So a lot of people are moving down from South Africa into this area and from Africa, larger Africa um, as a whole. So uh, that's exciting for us. We, we get to reach people from many different nations in this area, Zimbabweans and Malawians, Mozambicans, and there's even a, a community also from Somalia. Somali refugees are coming down to this area and opening up shops as well. And we have an evangelistic um, ministry to them. So um, uh, South Africa was had something called apartheid from 1948 to 1994, where the, con- the whole country was segregated into different land, uh, in different areas of land based on skin color. And that was dismantled in 1994. And uh, so th- that just brings about just an, a difficulties for discipleship and the gospel in, in many different areas at the moment. Um, then the new government that took over in 1994 is, is very corrupt, and there's a lot of mismanagement that's happening currently in, in South Africa, unfortunately. But we trust the Lord. Um, he is at work. And so, so the largest denominations uh, in South Africa, the Zionist church, there's the largest denomination, which is um, interesting. It's a it's a mix between African traditional religion and and kind of like African uh, ancestor worship and paganism with like prosperity gospel kind of uh, teaching. So there's 15 to 17 million people that are part of this denomination in southern Africa, and it's if you speak to them on the street and evangelize, they will say they know who Jesus is, but Jesus is just one of the ancestors for them. He's not God or uh, someone who's laid down their, his life for their sins to, to purchase them and redeem them. So there's 
just uh, great confusion in, 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 South, in South Africa as to what the gospel is um, because of all of these kind of cults. And then also the Rome, Roman Catholicism is a, is a denomination, Dutch Reformed, Methodist, and Anglican. So mo- most of these denominations have gone extremely liberal, moved away from the scriptures, moved away from, um, from preaching the gospel. Uh, the association we hope to work with is a, called the Solar Five Association, which has 50 congregations in the whole of Southern Africa. Um, and and the, these would be more congregations that are doing expositional preaching, good discipleship and evangelism and um, congregational government as well. Um, yeah, and they, uh, mainly Reformed Baptists in the congregation in, in this association. It was established in 2005. So we are excited about this work that the Lord is doing uh, through the Solar Five Association and through uh, bringing about our healthy churches in this region. But as you can see, it's small, and we just we're just beginning. So we, we're praying for the Lord's help in this, for for uh, to, for Him to send workers into this into this ministry. Okay. So so a little bit of the challenges in South Africa. We are underreached. Undiscipled and underformed, uh, under uninformed about what the gospel is. So, underreached, we in, uh, Christianity has come to South Africa, but it it didn't take deep root among many different k- kinds of people and among the majority of people in South Africa. So, a lot of South Africans kind of just got they they might have got the prosperity gospel, or they, or they might have heard some other variation of the gospel that wasn't the true gospel. And, and, and then they weren't brought into healthy local churches and, and uh, walked a discipleship relationship with someone and really understood what the gospel means for them. And so that, that, that's the uninformed part is most people that you speak to on the street will, won't really have a deep understanding of what the gospel is. They might, they might think it's just about following some, some moral principles or um, trying to you know, reform their life instead of understanding what Jesus has done on the cross for our sins. So that, that comes, goes into the first big problem we have. That's the prosperity gospel and syncretism, uh, which is just spreading like wildfire in South Africa. These, these uh, prosperity pastors that are just taking advantage of underprivileged and poor people by telling them if you give to our ministry and give everything you have, then you're going to be blessed. And you, I've heard about in Zimbabwe, these guys are selling bricks, saying that if you put this brick in your house, you're going to be blessed. If you buy this brick for $50, you're going to be blessed for the rest of your life. This crazy stuff like that, that people are just, you know, so so desperate that they're following after that. And so uh, many, many people are traveling around calling themselves apostles and prophets and taking advantage of, of vulnerable people. Um, there's also many hyper-charismatic churches throughout South Africa that have a large following that focus on dreams and visions and prophetic words instead of expository preaching. And in these churches, there's also going to be obviously a lot of self-help, secular psychology, you know, you, positive thinking. You can just do better and be a better person. So unfortunately, we have that in America as well. <laughs> and that's, it's in South Africa um, it's strange there because uh, just with a different context, how it's mixed with kind of African traditional religions is a whole different uh, animal on its own. Um, 
So ap- apathy, many Baptist churches, part, uh, part of the Baptist Union, are moving away from the roots of what it means to be Baptist and letting go of biblical inerrancy um, and embracing Pentecostal or liberal theological views and caving into postmodernism in South Africa. And then apartheid legacy, like I said, there's just difficulties with discipleship um, in, in various respects with, with um, the legacy that has been left after apartheid. Uh, uh, social and, e- and economic struggles, poverty, fatherlessness, high unemployment, violence and crime, gangsterism, and under-resourced. So fatherlessness is a big issue in South Africa. 62% of children in South Africa don't have a father present in the home. So that just brings about so many problems in the family and in the church and in society as a whole. Um, and then cultural Christianity uh, especially with the Afrikaans people in South Africa, this is uh, the Afrikaans culture. It just historically was was more Christian. Uh, and however, many many would be kind of baptized into the Dutch Reformed Church, and then they would grow up in a church and then think that they're Christian. Meanwhile, they're, they're living, um, they're, they're unsaved and living sinful lifestyles. So that's that's a challenge to to minister to that as well. So. So our ministry plan, what we, the, the way we uh, want to accomplish kind of our, our plan is uh, short term, we hope to go, when we land back in South Africa in February next year, we hope to join a, just for short term, a church called Mountain View Baptist, which we came from when we, when we came to America. It's a church of about 150 members along the coast of South Africa, just in need of leadership training and expositional preaching and um, uh, biblical counseling and pastoring. So I'll, I will come on the eldership there next year and just help train some of the guys up in good ecclesiology and in doctrine. And um, then we hope to to just build some good relationships with a core group of families while we're there in order to, to church plant out of them. So our midterm plan is to, to plant a church. Uh, the top right photo is is the photo of Stellenbosch, the area with, where we studied, and it's close to where we hope the church plant. And the bottom right is also close by. It's a township or a, you might call it a slum, that's five to ten minutes drive away from where we live. So you can see the disparity of the area in, in which we'll be church planting there. Uh, the church plant will be in the kind of the area where the, the uh, square is, and this is an area where a lot of new housing developments are going up. Like I said, a lot of people are moving down from South Africa and, and uh, building houses and living there. And so there's no healthy churches in that, in that area to reach out to that community and to disciple them. Uh, we also hope to do student ministry with students in Stellenbosch. So kind of like northeast of, of our church plant there is a great opportunity for us to bring students into a healthy church and teach them the scriptures and disciple them and in good Reformed theology, just to really lay a good foundation for them. If, you know, a lot of the students, they'll come from other parts of South Africa, they'll be there for a few years. There's uh, some really unhealthy churches in Stellenbosch, some hyper-charismatic churches that draw in a lot of students, and then they have a bad, faulty foundation for the rest of their lives after they they leave from there. So we hope to, we hope to draw them in and um, disciple them. And uh, we, we, we'll be plantings then with a with a group of families from Mountain View and then also with 
uh, a another missionary couple that are with ABWE called Nate and Lauren, and we will so we'll we'll start off with a plurality of elders for our church plant. Um, so yeah, we're we're excited about that. And uh, okay, I think I covered everything there. So our long-term hope for, for our church plant is just to put down deep roots, to, to plant a healthy church, and to, to do expositional preaching, leadership training, theological education. And our hope is that we will bring in guys from all over Africa, train them up, um, and then send them out back into their context to plant healthy local churches, and then also to bring guys in from South Africa, train them up, and, and, and send them out into, into South Africa to plant churches. And... Uh, we hope to see this come about by building healthy relationships with other churches in that area, associational work with the Solar Five Association, um, expositional preaching, like I said, and uh, theological education. So we do, we do hope to, to build a curriculum that we'll be able to teach pastors and train pastors and then send them out through, throughout Africa back to countries that we may not be able to access because they're coming to South Africa to find a job, they're there for a few years and then they're going back to back to their families or to guys um, that, that are coming from other parts of South Africa. Um, yeah, so... Sure. This was a, a mission trip I did to Zimbabwe where I taught some students there on the left and then on the bottom right is a pastor that we have a good relationship with that has a church in... Um, Victoria Falls in a, in a kind of in a slum area in Victoria floor, Victoria Falls that we hope to uh, to to get down to South Africa and equip him and help him and his and his church and his ministry there. So, um, yeah, that that that's our hope. Uh, you know, there, there's just a lack of resources and theological education for pastors in Southern Africa as a whole. So, um, to Two ministries we have to work with is a Solar Five Association, then also Imprint Ministries, which is sponsored by Heart Cry, Desiring God, and, and Legionnaire, was started in the last couple of years in Johannesburg. It's a printing press that prints just good theological resources and resources for ecclesiology and for church planting. Um, Capitol Hill in D.C. Uh, help, kind of helps them as well. Um, and they, they, they're trying to get... They're getting pastors from all around Africa to their church. They just had their first uh, weekender now in August, September. So, yeah, we're excited to to work with them. And then they're also trying. They're translating um, these resources into Zulu and Kosa and into local languages to 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 get good reform theology to to these guys in South Africa. And they're also he spoke about he wants to translate Calvin's uh, Calvin's commentaries into Zulu. So. They're gonna. <laughs> I don't know how they're gonna do, do that, but we we trust the Lord. Um, uh, so, so I touched on a few of these things, but these are just the aspects of uh, what we'll be doing for our ministry. We'll be firstly, we'll be church planting. That is uh, our heart. We'll be going and establishing a, a healthy church where we're going to gather God's people together and worship Him and and do expositional preaching. And um, this part of this will be doing evangelism in our community and then also um, in, the, in Stellenbosch in the university town as well. And then leadership training, 
Uh, you know, we hope to equip our members with good theological education, but we also hope to, like I said, get pastors to come down to our church to train them, to send them out, and also to, to visit um, pastors of churches in the surrounding area that may be struggling, that haven't had the opportunity to come to a good, you know, to, to study at a good seminary uh, and, and to, to hopefully get a theological curriculum for them. So we have another South African that's currently at Louisville. He's doing his PhD under Tom Schreiner, and he's coming back to, to stay in the same town as, as we're at. His focus is on the theological training aspect. So we'll be working together with him to, to build a curriculum and try try get something going there that's not connected to a liberal seminary. Um, and then finally, also just biblical counseling, growing the awareness of how to deal with the issues that, that sometimes we face in, in a biblical way. A lot of, similar to America, secular pop psychology has just made its way into the church, so that, that will also be an aspect of our ministry as well. So I think that's about it. Are there any questions? <clears throat> That's a good question. <laughs> um, at the moment, yes. So the question was, how does religious freedom look when it comes to preaching and preaching open air and evangelizing at the moment? At the moment, it's relatively free. Uh, our government could at any stage just with a flip of a switch, I say that kind of ironically because we, we have like six hours of no electricity a day. <laughs> they, um, but they could just, you know, flip a switch and, uh, and, and just decide no more preaching on biblical sexuality, no more, no more endorsing marriages between one man and one woman for life. And if, you, if your church is preaching that, we're going to shut you down. So they say we have religious, they say that there's religious freedom in South Africa, uh, but it's 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 limited because there aren't those structures that there are here in the, in the United States that has to go through the various things. So we hope, we pray, hope and pray for reformation and revival. That is that's our heart, and that uh, that the country would would return and repent and turn to the Lord. Um, but you know that's that's always a possibility as well. That they the biggest thing that I would would see is them is them um, uh, basically caving into saying that, that it's hate speech to, to be, preach biblical sexual ethics. So that, and, and that's a, a, bit, a large part of the Gospels. <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> oh. Yes, Dave. If you attend the Southern Baptist Seminary, or mm -hmm. if you want to try and become a, so the question was, are we going to try and become a Southern Baptist-supported missionary? Um, okay, sure. We, we are not, so we, we're with Reaching and Teaching, which is a different missions organization. The Southern Baptists, the Southern Baptist Conventions organization is the IMB. 
Uh, we are more of a Calvinistic confessional um, missions organization. The IMB is more more broad, but also we we are we we're, we're doing indigenous missions, and the IMB doesn't support. Unfortunately, they don't support indigenous missions. They only support uh, missions that is crossing ethno linguistic and cultural boundaries. So. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it's just by 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 showing them that their whole their whole worldview their whole worldview needs to be repented of, and that Jesus is the only mediator and sacrifice for sins. And you can't worship, you know, you can't go and you can't go to the witch doctor and pray to Jesus as well. And then kind of just teaching them that that. God's grace through the cross cuts against, you know, your 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 need to try and placate the ancestors or, you know, give sacrifices to, with with goats and animals. Uh, that Jesus' sacrifice is sufficient. Um, and 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 sometimes it is it is difficult for them to leave because it's it's almost like a Muslim leaving the you know their community. Um, it's like they're leaving, they're leaving the whole, the whole way of life and of seeing the world as governed by you know all these different gods and ancestors and stuff like that, and they're 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 often being marginalized by their families. So it's kind of it's difficult, but it's also easy, in some ways easy because there's already those categories of sacrifice and the need for atonement and stuff. So yeah. I guess I'm a little confused as to how apartheid affects your ministry. I guess the difficulties that come from there. Would that be more of like where people would just turn you off because of the color of your skin, wouldn't hear you out, or is it maybe challenges within the church that are going on? Because of that, that? Yeah, that's a good question. It, um, that's why I said it, it, it's more of an issue of discipleship. Apartheid was dismantled, dismantled in 1994. Um, the issues we have different we have a different set of issues today so um, we have we have the rise of a radical marxist left that 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 are that are that are um, promoting the killing of white farmers in south africa um, and and so we we there's just discipleship issues on on both sides of teaching a biblical anthropology of who are we as created in the image of god what does the new covenant accomplish? As uh, and and what does the new covenant accomplish in Jesus purchasing a people for Himself from every tribe, nation, and tongue? Because historically, the Afrikaans people, um, what what happened was they tended towards a theology of seeing the Afrikaans people as the covenant people of God, and so they tied themselves very much to you know you're born you're born into the into the Afrikaans people, you're baptized as an infant into the church. And so then you're, you're automatically part of the covenant people. And so the view of the church was very much 
merged with, with the Afrikaans under, understanding. So then there's also discipleship on that side of um, you know, new covenant and what, is it, what does that mean for, for um, our unity in Christ as God's people. And then there's also issues on the other side of, you know, we can't, um, there's talks about what happened in Zimbabwe where, you know, they just, imp- they just implemented land expropriation without compensation so land was stolen from farmers in Zimbabwe and just um, they weren't given compensation for, for, for the land. It was just taken from them. And so the, the economy basically collapsed because the farmers were providing food for the country and were, 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 was providing work. But Robert Mugabe implemented this, this policy that uh, targeted farmers. And so now we also, that's, that's something that we're praying against in South Africa that would not happen that there's this rise of um, more of a, a communistic lean, leaning in South Africa so kind of teaching a biblical theology of uh, you know um, human right <laughs> who, who we are is also is made in the image of God and that this is actually just a fancy word for stealing you know you can't so um, it's it's yeah it's we are a the liberal democracy, and we have freedom of religion, but <laughs> uh, they, there's just discipleship issues with regards to that. So not, and I would say there are, you know, but I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say it's really a, an issue in the on the level of the local church at the moment. But yeah, it's a it's a complicated um, history in South Africa. <clears throat> Um, for planting new churches, are you going to take the initiative? Is the local church going to take the initiative? And in planting these new churches, are you going to send out taught people, or are you going to go and start it, and then bring in taught people to take it over, and then you move on somewhere else? Uh, pers- that's a good question. <laughs> so personally, <coughs> I, I think for, for us, for our family, how it looks is we're, we're seeking support to plant plant a church in this area and then over time we will hope that that church will be able to support us as we do ministry there uh, long term and for us we, we will stay there and bring in bring in people into our church and then send them out to plant churches uh, specifically for us the now the missionary family that will be planting with us he's an American citizen and uh, I think his role is his role will be kind of a helping role until the church is established after you know however many years it, it takes. We have a good plurality of elders. We're in a healthy place, then he might move on and, and, and help something else. But personally, for, for us, we, we will stay at this church. And uh, I think both both models that you spoke about can, can be good in, depending on the context. So, one minute explanation of the gospel. What is the gospel? One minute. The gospel is that God, in his grace and mercy, has sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to take on human flesh, to live the perfect life that we could not live, to die on a Roman cross to bear the penalty for the sin which we deserve uh, 
from being born into original sin and actually sinning against God in our thought and in our words and in our deeds. And He bore that penalty for us on His shoulders on the cross as the perfect sacrifice and substitute and mediator in our place. And He rose again on the third day by His own authority and power, as He, as he says in His Word, and by the, the authority and power of the Father and the Spirit. And His rising from the dead didn't uh, only give us newness of life, but it also gave us justification as well and right standing before the Father so that He gives us His righteousness and imputes it to our account so that God now looks at us as if He sees the perfect righteousness of His Son if we've repented of our sin and placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Any other questions? All right, thank you, Peter. Thank you. Pray and uh, support financially. Thank you for considering partnering with us in the gospel through one of the following ways.